blackness so majestic so beautiful so powerful let's be frank black people we got some haters thank you so much for joining me miss portia for another episode of miss portia's inspiration and information i'm gonna take a quick break and i'll be right back Thank you once again for joining me, Miss Portia, for another episode of Miss Portia's Inspiration and Information. Today, I wanted to discuss um, the docuseries. Well, first, I want to discuss the docuseries that um, has uh, come out featuring uh, Michael Jordan. If you're like me, it you're a millennial and you grew up in the 90s and there were two people that ruled the 90s in my world that was michael jackson and michael jordan okay everybody wanted to be like mike everybody michael was the standard for black men um he was an amazing athlete and I grew up watching basketball shout out to my dad Dartelli my dad was or is an athlete he is um he was the star player one of the four horsemen out of uh, Hope Arkansas he, he was just an amazing athlete and still is still is but uh, I grew up watching him and my grandmother she watched basketball all the time and I I came up watching Jordan when he was winning all the titles and everything and uh then he retired I remember he went to play baseball but but we'll talk about that later but I wanted to discuss first the um the docuseries that was uh, shown uh these past few weeks I wanted to watch it first before I gave a complete analysis. Now, and uh, I there were just a few things that that stood out to me that I feel like um, us black people, my people, could stand to learn from. Uh, first thing, Michael used negativity to fuel his passion. <laughs> For example, example. A nigga dunked on him. Mike took that and was like, oh, okay, you want to dunk on me? Oh, I got you. Mike came back and whooped that team in the finals. Now, I can't remember exactly which team it was, but it was a pattern for Michael. Like, every time he lost, he would come back that much stronger. Like, they talked about the beef with the bad boys. Now, when the Pistons ruled the NBA, I don't think I was born yet. I, I think I might have been born, but I was really, really small. So I don't I don't really remember the the grit 
and the the rawness from uh, Isaiah Thomas and and uh, when Dennis Rodman played for them and all of that. Like I don't remember that, but when they whooped Mike's ass, they put Mike on his back. He came back the next year stronger. He lifted weights and everything. He came back that next year and he, he put an ass whooping on them pistons like they well, like it had never been done before. He learned their game and he learned their style and he used that to come back the next year and pulverize them. You know, he was the man. He he was he was known for taking that whatever came up against him and coming back and doing better. And then uh, Jerry Krause, you know, was looking at Kukoc, and um, you know that kind of upset some of the team, the uh, the Bulls players, and uh, when they went to represent the USA in the Olympics they put a whooping on Kraus so bad he couldn't even score they would not even let this boy score then the that team the USA team was known as the dream team and I vaguely remember I was really really little at that time so I, I vaguely remember like yeah I was kind of small but the second thing, the second thing that I um, that I um, that stood out to me in the docu series was the fact that Mike refused to be involved in politics. Personally, I respect that because politics is corrupt. Are corrupt. Okay. The whole political game, we should not, black people, we should not be involved anyway. And, but here's the thing. We get caught up in thinking that because they're black, because the politician is black, that they'll have our best interests at heart. But history has shown us, even recent history, that black politicians, hell, the white politicians got some competition with them. When it comes to corrupted behavior, what's that dude down in uh, Florida? What's that nigga name? Oh, Andrew something. Yeah, y'all know what happened with him. I don't have to put that out there. I don't have to put that man business out there. But Andrew Gillum, that's his name. You can go and research that. But uh, also, uh, I'm not sure, I, I didn't recognize that particular politician, but the thing is, is that he was going up against a guy who was outwardly racist. I mean, let's just call it what it is. But Mike just didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to endorse him. So he gave him some money. And that, to me, should have just been enough. You know, oh, so you need him for you. That That's the thing. Politicians come to you when they need something. They came to Mike because the politician went to Mike because he needed an endorsement because he wanted to sit in that Capitol or whatever, whatever he was doing, whatever office he wanted to hold. He wanted to hold that office and he felt that he could use Michael Jordan to do that. And that's not fair to Michael. 
Let's be real. It's his money. So he gave him a little check or whatever, wrote him a nice little check or whatever. That should have been enough. But he didn't win. If I was Mike, I would have been like, nigga, where my money? But that's beside the point. And then also, um, Jordan, he, I heard he was kind of, you know, it's a term that Tariq Nasheed like, like Tariq Nasheed likes to use, uh, called soft shoeing. Uh, I heard that Mike was on a little bit of that. Now, I, I mean, not like right now, I can't really give you a particular thing that, I mean, I guess the whole, well, he's invested in prisons and he's got Jordans and there's this whole conspiracy about how people fighting over Jordan. So they go to jail and he gets the money. I, like, I, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. So I don't want to say that he's a coon. Cause I, I, I got to look more into that. Another thing that I noticed about the docuseries was that uh, Michael was very intense. His personality was intense. You could look at him in the documentary, in his eyes. There's this fire. You don't see that in a lot of people. You see that in people who are extremely determined. And one thing that I realized that I have realized over the years is that intense people are often unlikable. When you're focused, nothing can stop you, not even niceness or whatever, you know. Mike said this, and I quote, I do this because it's who I am. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. And when he said it, his voice was cracking. And there were tears in his eyes. He was holding back tears. He had to take a little break, get him a sip of water, puff on that cigar, whatever he had going on. The passion in his eyes said it all for me. If I took nothing else from one of my childhood heroes... I can say that I gained a greater perspective and respect for my own craft. I'd like to tie this into us, my people, black people. We have to stop trying to please everybody when it comes to our own empowerment. Jason Black encourages us to be uncompromising that's how mike lived his life that's how he played the game he played to win no matter who liked his tactics or not some interesting characters that um were part of the game uh dennis rodman now i grew up Loving Dennis Rodman for his hair and his style and everything. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was just a funny character. Uh, I don't remember him playing for the Pistons. I don't remember him before him dyeing his hair and getting his nails done. But, you know, his voice is just so deep. And he had these blue nails. And I just imagine him saying, I got to go get my nails done. <laughs> 
I gotta get my nails done. Like that, that just tripped me. I thought that was just too funny. And uh, another um, incident that stood out to me was uh, the incident with Steve Kern. Um, Now, one might say that I'm reaching, but this is what I saw. This is what I noticed. That uh, when MJ confronted guys like Scotty and Rodman and Grant and others, um, he got them together with no pushback, you know, and throughout the series, they were saying, I didn't like it, but you know, he's a great player and you know, so on and so forth. So they just went along with the program, but when he pushed Kerr to his limit, Steve Kerr pushed back, you know, there was a, a whole thing in practice where Jordan was all in his face and, I don't know what happened, but Steve Kerr punched Mike in the chest and Mike came back and punched him in the face. And then Mike called him and apologized and said, okay, uh, that was wrong. I shouldn't have did that. And it just reminded me of how black men are often seen as weaker they have to make black men seem as though they are weak compared to other men especially white men now you can say i'm reaching but i don't care um it just reminded me of how well i mean and then you could also say it's like an alpha male thing like a competition and whatnot and uh, but it it looked kind of broke buck brokenish to me you know like how come this guy, this little white guy stands up to Mike, but the this whole team of black guys, they don't say nothing, you know? And then Shannon Sharp, I, I was watching this whole thing he got with Skip. I, I don't know what it's called. I, I'm not an avid watcher of ESPN or whatever, but I found a video clip of Shannon Sharp um, talking about when um, he had a conversation with Horace Grant. And Horace said in that conversation something to the effect that he stood up to Mike. And they left that out of the docuseries. Now, I found that interesting. So, you have to cut out the part where black men are being strong. And that a white man is strong enough to stand up. Because black men are weak compared to white men. That's what I saw. Now, if I'm reaching, I'm reaching. Fine, but I said what I said. I don't care. But uh, that's all that I saw with the the Michael Jordan um, docuseries. I thought it was great. Like I said, I love Michael Jordan. I love athleticism. Um, I love that the Bulls coming up. Um, I just, I love the NBA. I love basketball. Um, and it, it just really reflected on my childhood, how great my childhood was. And just watching it, just, I was just smiling from ear to ear. And my heart was racing watching those clips of him playing some of the toughest teams, like the Pacers and um the magic uh what's some of the other teams uh the pistons of course and the celtics like i just watching that just had my heart racing like those games like i didn't know that mike had already won some of those games (laughs) 
but anyway it, it was great and if you haven't watched it i think that you should i think that you would love it okay all right so I'm going to go ahead and take a little break and then I'm going to come back with some of the things that are have been happening over the past week. All right. Now, on to some other things that I noticed over the past week. Now, going back to the case of Ahmad Aubrey. Now, there are a couple of videos circling the internet surrounding this case. Um, one thing that we can say for sure is that there's obvious corruption. Now, black folks, I will say this about us. We've caught on to some of their tactics in the media. Uh, first of all, they're coming out with all this stuff to try to put a damper on, on this young man's reputation. They're, basically, they're putting him on trial for his murder. Basically. Now, one video I did watch. I didn't watch the entire thing. I just watched a couple things. I saw it on Willie D's youtube channel that willie d is from the ghetto boys if you don't know i grew up with them too uh being from the south but uh willie d posted on his youtube channel a video of uh, from what i saw uh the police went to go check out what he was doing in the car now he said he was in the car rapping to some instrumentals and first of all He's sitting in the car, in the park, in the grass, by himself. What was, what could he have been doing? It, it doesn't matter. You, the, the police officer went and got him out the car, okay, for nothing. You know, he didn't say nothing about smelling no weed. He was, I'm just checking it out for uh, criminal activity it ain't none of your damn business what he doing in the, in his car chilling whatever he was doing rapping whatever so what so going further into this video I, um another portion i saw was that he tried to tase them and at some point he was like well no you're not gonna look in my car you know and he did he did not get but he was relenting he did not get he did not consent to you going through his vehicle okay but you took it up on yourself the police officer took it up on yourself to try and humiliate him okay i guess that, that for a couple years that just made that particular police officer feel some type of way so he he just wanted to target him okay and then there was a other video which i did not watch and i did not look at any contents i have not comments i'm sorry i have not watched any commentary but from what i understand um there was a shoplifting incident in walmart or whatever now i'm not sure if he uh he was definitely accused he was accused whether he did it or not, that could be debatable. I, I'm not sure. I didn't watch the video. I don't know if he was officially convicted on that. Um, but I will say this. Once the police got you on their radar, they will not leave you alone. 
they have a system set up black people that keeps you under their thumb once you are in this system they will track you forever you get food stamps you get section 8 you get any type of governmental assistance for the rest of your life they are tracking you you go to jail one time one time for something little like a some weed a, a small bag of weed a dime bag of weed and you go to jail you spend five years or whatever however long a white daddy say you need to be in there whatever the the spoiled milk smelling ass judge say you gotta be in there and then you get out there's no forgiveness none you've already served your time you if you go to jail you probably done changed your faith or you done changed your life altogether and you come out you cannot get a job you cannot and if you do it's something busted or super degrading a job where you potentially have to be paid under the table you know no taxes just ridiculous and they follow you your entire life they check up on you they follow you get a truck in your name you got your tags your title and whatever else comes with a vehicle and you riding through the city and they pull you over because they realize that you have a record like once they once they put in your your little thing from your uh, license plate they put that in their little computer in the car real quick then they turn the lights on and that's it you're going back to jail for nothing no probable cause nothing because that's who they are and i'm so sick of us black folks giving them an excuse to do shit like that there's no excuse none so in the case of Ahmad Aubrey that's exactly what happened they had him on their radar and he stood up to them and they carried that hatred way until February 2020 when them two trying to be sensible trying to use good language here y'all know miss portia don't mean to call them bastards but that's what they are they got on this truck and they hunted that man down for something little they was waiting on him and then if that's not bad enough after he was killed and laying in the street the uh one of the murderer's sisters i guess it was the the murderer's daughter you know how i don't know i I'm, her name is lindsay she posted the pictures of this man's dead body on snapchat okay then when confronted about that her dumb ass say something like well I'm a I'm a Vicky Dillard by the way had this on her her show shout out to Vicky Dillard talk somebody black talk black to me I love that but this little girl says something like well I'm a um fan of true crimes or, or something like that something on the ID channel little girl your day coming every dog got his day okay Every dog got his day. So go ahead and post your little pictures or whatever. You know, it's all good. But, you know, yeah. 
it's all good little little Lindsay little Becky yeah it's all right but I'm gonna move on just dis- I'm, I just felt this level of disrespect and if his family don't see the level of disrespect man it's over but anyway I'm gonna move on so have y'all heard about HR six 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 yeah that sounds very very demonic (laughs) very very satanic it's the antichrist okay um but hr 666 now this whole they they just doing a lot with this whole covid 19 first of all i'm sick of the back and forth type of energy like you can't do this now you can't do this you like for instance um or it's uh something surrounding the the disease itself or a virus whatever it is um it lasts on metal for 14 hours no it don't last on metal uh it's airborne it stays in the air forever oh as soon as it hits the air it's dead you know uh, something stupid like that or um black people can't get it oh now black people can get it Oh, it's not affecting uh, women. Only men can get it. Oh, uh, young people getting it. Oh, old people getting it. Like, oh, what? What is everybody? What? What? <sighs> Why don't y'all know this now? Y'all created it. So why don't we have all the information about it? Like something is under. Like. I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm wondering, like, what what do y'all white folks, what what y'all trying to do? But anyway, moving on, HR 6666 is basically is to authorize, according to Congress.gov, which is a a secured site by the government you can go and look at it 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 takes zero seconds for you to type it in to your search bar all you have to type is HR and 6666 comes up for you all you have to do is click on it and the first option on your google search is congress.gov okay you click on that it takes you straight to their website and it says 116th Congress 2D session HR 6666 to authorize the Secretary of Health and Human Services to award grants to eligible entities to conduct diagnostic testing for COVID-19 and related activities such as contact tracing through mobile health units and as necessary at individuals' residences and for other purposes. Now, what are those other purposes? I'm not sure, but what everyone is seems to be paying attention to is the fact that they're gonna start well they they have it set in motion to come into people's homes and test them for COVID-19 um that's a violation of our constitutional rights a complete violation 
coming into anyone's home for anything because you you said that oh you know what they've already done that <laughs> I just that just cross my mind. They've already done that. They came over here to Turtle Island, most commonly known as the New World, uh, the continental United States. Uh, first, they went over to the Southern Hemisphere down in what they call now uh, Latin America, and they pillaged the land, killed, murdered, maimed, and raped the people, men, women, and children. And just took over. Okay. So they feel entitled to come into your house. So they're going to create a law um, to come into your house, supposedly testing you for COVID-19 or whatever. Now, the testing, I got a problem with that too. Because they're taking a super long Q-tip and sticking it in the back of your nose. They say, oh, it doesn't hurt. It's just a little uncomfortable. I don't give a damn. You're not coming in my house for nothing. Okay? And are they giving us the opportunity to vote on this? You know, at the end of the day, it really don't matter. It really don't matter because what they're moving towards is just removing our constitutional rights altogether. But you can take from that what you want to. Okay? And (laughs) speaking of the government... Our president, our beloved president, Donald Trump, uh, one day, I think it was last week, he just walked out of a press conference. He got tired of answering questions. I guess one girl felt that it was okay for her to challenge him. And he was like, okay, I'm done. And just left. One thing you got to understand about old ass people, old people, older people, they when they're set in their ways, they don't they don't care what other people think about them that's what i think about donald trump he's old as hell he's like 97 years old but (laughs) and he doesn't care he does not care what anyone thinks at all we can stand to learn from him in that respect you know he's still a white supremacist but at the end of the day he's an old man and what other people got to say about him it don't faze him not one bit not one bit so if you think that you gonna criticize him to the point where he feel like he gonna give up the office no not at all and then we're coming up on his uh, next election now he survived this four years he won another four-year term he don't see no he not backing down he not backing down at all it's so comical it's so comical to watch him and the rest of Capitol Hill to duke it out. And I encourage black people, my people, to stay out of that. <laughs> stay out of it altogether. Simply because that's their business. When they not fighting each other, they trying to lynch us. So let's let them let's keep the heat off us for a little bit longer. Okay. One thing you need to understand about white supremacy is that they want the U.S. to be a white country. Okay. Richard Spencer said in an interview with Charles Barkley, 
that white people just kill better. That's why they were able to take over. Listen to what they say. I know it's hard to sit and watch, and it make you want to just get Richard Spencer and just, girl, just just turn his ass up. But you gotta you gotta sit and listen to it without the emotion and try to figure out why it is that they think that they think. Why it is that they think the way that they think is what I'm trying to say. So why are we even arguing with them? Like we know the goal. Okay, that's the goal. We just gonna stop it. Period. It's over for you white supremacists over everything is falling down your leader don't respect you okay he not messing with the rest of us but he damn sure going up against you white the rest of you white folks you nice ones supposedly nice ones black people we some of us are under delusion okay we believe everything that white people say especially if they're in the media then, you know, they'll tell a lie, like back in the 50s, you know, and then 50 years later, then they'll come out with what the truth is, we'll, or we'll realize what their lies were. Okay, and many of you delusional Negroes are still taking the news's word for it when it comes to COVID-19. They've got us going in circles, <laughs> it got us going in circles. It's a reason behind that. And speaking of delusion, a lot of us are completely lost when it comes to the new world order. But we'll save that for another discussion. Okay. So I think that that's all that I have to say for now. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and leave this in right here. And then I'm going to come back with the... uh. Conclusion. (laughs) The conclusion. (laughs) Now, over the course of this recording, I have talked about uh, one of my childhood heroes and his drive to success. And I've discussed several things that have happened over the past week as it relates to black people. I want to say this to the younger audience. I appreciate you for listening. However, you should be looking into the things that I talk about for yourselves. Develop your own perspective and opinion about the things that affect black people. I read for myself and I don't trust the news to tell me what to think. Don't trust me and what I say. Develop your own thoughts as it relates to what's happening. But let me say this, make no mistake about what is happening in this country. It is verifiable, verifiable. 
okay? But you have the right to your own thoughts, period. There's going to be adults that come at you with certain information, and because they're adults, they they have the expectation of you just accepting what they say and moving forward. Young people, young black people, today's a new day. Okay? That old way of thinking that you know how most of the adults in your life say, don't do what I do, do what I say do. I'm sorry to my older audience, but we have to eliminate that way of thinking because at the end of the day, the children are watching us. And regardless of what we tell them to do, they're going to do what they see us doing. And a lot of older people, we we feel like the younger generation is disrespectful, and they are. However, we got to understand that we made them that way. We made them that way. Case in point. Back in the days of slavery, I we picked up on this in Nate Parker's movie, The Birth of a Nation. In that movie, he could not look a white man in his eyes because to them, to the white supremacists, that was a sign of disrespect, okay? He had to avoid looking this man in his eyes. And when he did, he could he would have been punished. And he was punished for that, standing up for himself. So the children, they see us, quote unquote, bitching down to white supremacy. And they not having it. And we owe it to them to stand up because they watching. If we want liberation, black people, we have got to stop allowing white supremacy to handle us. That's it. The children are watching other people tell their parents what to do and how to live. And they're not going for it. It's a it's a different society. They're not having that old school uh massa tell us to do what no, they standing up. Whether we whether we like it or not, they're standing up. Okay? So to my older audience, that's over 40 or 35 whatever that old way of voting and trying to get in and put our people in place it's not working we tried that for 100 years it's not working and the kids see that they see all that old stuff that we was doing back then during the civil rights up until now it's just not working Okay, so now it's time for guidance. The proper guidance. That's what I'm here to do. 
okay well i'm all out of words <laughs> thank you all once again for joining me miss portia for another episode of miss portia's inspiration and information you can find this podcast on anchor.fm and also on spotify you can find me personally on instagram at m-s-p-o-r-s-c-h-e-1989 again that's m-s-p-o-r-s-c-h-e-1989 thank you all once again for joining me i'll see you next week peace